For the past four years, we've been told, and we've been telling you, that at least some of the COVID injections were filled with a genetic code to force your body to make the toxic part of a coronavirus. But no one's ever proven that. We've been going on basically what we've been told. And that's kind of what got us into this mess, isn't it? So if there is no isolated virus for SARS-CoV-2, then there's no spike protein. And if there's no spike protein, then the treatments to get rid of spike proteins are part of the hoax. Hmm. Let's start dealing in reality, shall we? What is the truth? Where is the proof? Hmm. Well, this is the Dr. Jane Ruby Show, and you're not only about to enter truth in medicine, but you're about to have your entire reality reset. Welcome to the Dr. Jane Ruby Show on this Monday, February 26, 2024. Well, Dr. Lee Merritt is a medical doctor, an orthopedic surgeon, and a veteran of the United States military. And she's been in the fight to get the truth in medicine to you since the beginning of the COVID hoax. She's often called a disinformation agent by the status quo in the cabal. And that should tell you all you need to know. I'm honored and delighted to bring back Dr. Lee Merritt to the show. Dr. Merritt, so great to have you again. Thank you for your time oh, today. Thanks. Nice to see you. You bet. Now, you've really led the charge. I would just want to jump right into this parasite issue. We talk about it each time you're on the show. <laughs> we, I see you interviewed on it, but I really want to get into it a little bit more tonight. Can you tell me why this is such a foundation for COVID, all illnesses, pharma? Let's just lay that foundation for everybody in this whole virus versus no virus issue. Yeah, it sounds crazy, but I'm going to tell you, and and I didn't expect as an orthopedic spinal surgeon someday to be the queen of parasites. <laughs> I fell into this kind of very accidentally. But quite frankly, um, they've lied to us about everything. And, you know, the at the end of the day, there's a lot of stuff that we accepted that really has not been proven. And what they did is purposely distract us from those things that really should have been we knew about, we we should have been taken care of. There's got to be a reason that in my whole time in medicine, they told us about parasites in medical school. I was a freshman since 76. Mm -hmm. And they said, oh yeah, we'll teach you about parasites, but this is a third world country problem. You don't need to worry about it. Now, mm. let's go back to 1905. You know, this whole, people love to talk about Rockefeller and the takeover of medicine. Mm -hmm. But what was that all about? If you really look at it, his right-hand man did it. His right-hand man was Frederick Gates. And he convinced John D. Rockefeller to get involved in all this medicine stuff to fight the big disease of the day. And guess what it was? Parasites. So wow. they knew it back then. Mm -hmm. Why are we not? Another point that's interesting is that we, in 1915-20, uh, Royal Rife was able to make microscopes with 15,500 magnification, mm -hmm. which would have shown us all this. We are not doing any better than 2,400 magnification light microscope for the most part. Hmm. Electron microscopes don't help us with this. This You need a light microscope. Why don't we have this technology that he could show how to make in 1920? You know, well, so well, and, me, and why yeah, didn't they teach us about this? Yeah, why didn't they question. teach you? And why right. did they hide parasites? And when we talk about parasites, I think of little wormy things that have a head right. and eyes. 
What are we taught? Let's define it for everybody. Right. There's all sorts of parasites. And that's what most people think of. In fact, I asked my son, who's a general surgeon, I said, do you ever open up the bowel and see parasites? And the answer is generally no, they don't. And so what's going on here? Well, the answer is even when you see the wormy kind of parasites, they're not these big honking things that we picture like earthworms. They're very tiny. And once they, once you know you're opening the bowel for some reason or you're you're looking at a colonoscopy, the bowel has been prepped. And so you don't have you flushed out what you would see with gross eyes. I think that's what's going on. Most of the parasites that really are the problem are intracellular, very tiny parasites that you need a microscope to see. Now, here's an example. This is one of the things that really woke me up to this. Um, There's a Dr. McDonald, who's a pathologist, and he looked at, finally, somebody looked at this. He looked at MS patients. And as a spine surgeon, I used to take care of neurologic problems all the time. Mm -hmm. And sometimes people would be sent to me. I thought, well, this really isn't their spine. I think this might be MS. So I would send them over and I'd get an MRI and it would show what they call plaques in the brain and spinal cord. And I'd say, you know, there'd be the writing on the report would say, yep, plaques in the brain, plaques in the spinal cord, MS, multiple sclerosis. But we never asked what MS, what were those plaques? Now, Dr. McDonald did very careful sectioning of the brain and spinal cord and then looked at the fluid. And he discovered 100% of MS patients had parasites associated with those plaques. In other words, it's a parasitical disease. It was the were the plaques like their 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 waste product, or was it a collection of them? Well, it's just damage of the spinal cord. This is okay. why you get the neurologic damage. I mean, the neurologic symptoms is because it's these things are literally in some cases. He actually saw little wormholes in the brain, so these were visible. I mean, he didn't necessarily see okay. the the parasites, but he saw the 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 tracks where they'd been. Okay. So hmm. we just never looked. In other words, all these years. And here's an interesting thing. Again, when you when you have the right view of the world, all these weird little facts start falling in like a like re- weaving a tapestry. They suddenly make a picture. So in medical school, I was told this years ago, and I thought, how weird is that? You know, that if you are have a lap dog before the age of five, you have an, <clears throat> an increased risk of developing multiple sclerosis. Now, why would that be? I mean, if you know, if we think this is an autoimmune disease, which doctors today will still tell you it, that they don't know, it's immunologic, it's blah, blah, blah. Why would that be a statistic that they can identify? Well, because when you're less than five years old and your blood-brain barrier is not completely formed, mm-hmm. the things that keep toxins in the bloodstream from infecting our, our thinking capabilities. So, but under five, that's not completely formed. So if you have a lap dog that's on your lap licking the kid's face, those parasites that he's giving you now don't just get, they can, they can get into the spinal axis. Mm. Okay. But, but if you're scary. 20, yeah, if you're 20, it is scary. And we, I'll tell you, the CDC knew this, the CDC and their back pages, when were they going to tell us this, says over 45% of Americans have toxoplasmosis and in the brain, including in the brain. Cats? From cats. Yeah. And they, you know, how they, they made it think like it was only for pregnant women. No, it turns out that's associated with personality disorders, psychiatric conditions. I mean, depression. Think about all the things we're treating with big pharma. And then, I mean, and I'm not suicidal, but I'm going to say this. Here's a big motivation to be quiet about this. There are, so all those diseases we've been treating with lots of big, expensive pharmaceutical drugs, right? But let's talk about cancer. The other thing that got me looking at this stuff was two facts. One is doctors that now, because they're looking at fresh blood smears of people because of COVID and they're starting to see what they see in this, they're starting to notice that not some, but all cancer patients have parasites swimming around in their bloodstream. 
Mm. All of them. That's what they're reporting. This was then reported earlier, like between 1960 and 1980, there was a German group of doctors and they they've been they started screaming this. They were at some big institute in Germany. They have videos. I have a thing on my website that shows an excerpt of their 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 videos. You can see this and and they show how these things are taking over cells and they're intracellular parasites that occasionally break out and they're in your bloodstream. So so think about that. Now, here's another fact that I noticed that got me on this thinking. So I have military connections. I talked to my doctor friends in the military. When I was in the military, you might have somebody, some young kid, you know, 25-year-old kid that shows up with a, with a tumor. But it's usually one tumor, maybe a testicular tumor in young men, not unusual. And you treat it and it goes away, right? But now, after this vaccine, why are they showing up with multiple mets all over them? I mean, these guys show up like dead men walking, they, they're already metastasized all over their body. Do we think that cancer changed its stripes in 2021? Or is there something else going on here? Well, the military guys, they've been out, you know, snooping and pooping in the brush. They're out, you know, drinking bad water and not necessarily sterile food places all over the third world. And then they're young and they can keep, what happens when you get parasites into you from your food and, and the environment, it, a lot of them pass through. But some of them become insisted. They come in your, to get into your muscle, they get out of the bloodstream, they become insisted all over the body, but you've got a good immune system that keeps them in check. Then you take a vaccine that knocks down the immune system. What's it show up? Suddenly these, these things grow up and they become what we call medicine. We look at METs. Now, I learned this from a, a parasitologist who said, if you look at metastases, you look at solid tumors, they're indistinguishable microscopically in many cases from uh parasite egg sacs. Mm. And he said, in oncology, we talk about this all the time, but we, and I'm sorry, in parasitology, they talk about it all the time, but he's never heard of oncologists talking about this. Okay. So you see- Yeah, so, time for some why? questions. Because the, the yeah. look at the money in cancer. <laughs> of course, it's a huge revenue generator, the chemo, huge. the tamoxifen, the, the whole thing chemo, the, the radiation. Um, Dr. Merritt, a couple of qu questions that I, I'm sure the audience is excited about too. Um, it, first of all, just one general question. Can we prevent ingesting or are we always going to be in a perpetual, you know, of, of, of periodic, you know, good maintenance for health of, of deworming and detoxing and deparasiting? I think the latter. I think the latter. Okay. I mean, Can't there avoid might be it. an argument not having a, a house dog if you have babies, <laughs> you know, that, that thing or cats, you know, when you're right. little tiny kids. Can't stop. But other than that, yeah. I'm not going to live in a hole. I'm going to just do parasite okay. medicines. No, no, another question. Um, the the argument. I'm just trying to sort through everything, and I really have always leaned toward your teachings. They just make sense to me. But um, that we have the virus versus no virus camps that argue with each other. People say, "Well, <laughs> cancer is made of viruses." Um, my other question, which I'll remind you if, if if you get into that, is I don't want to forget to ask you about biopsies. When they do cancer tumor biopsies, why aren't they seeing Exactly. If they're exactly. intracellular, then that it may could be my answer. But anyway, first, virus versus no virus. What what's happening? Is it parasites? Well, yeah. Well, I'm going to tell you. There, if you and it gets complicated when you really look at and 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 I don't do as good a job at this as Andy Kaufman and Thomas Cow and those guys looking at actually how you do isolation of things. But I will tell you. Okay. It, we are we are being misled because we are taught biology in high school and college, and we we have an idea. When I was ten years old, I learned how to. My dad taught me how to how to isolate uh, bacteria from my nose. We took my nose blood auger plate. Oh. It's easy, to, you know. You can do it, and a, a ten year old can do it. We're full full of it, right? You, 
Yeah, you can go on Google and you ask, how do I isolate bacteria? And they'll give you the entire protocol. It's very simple. It's laid out. Try doing that for viruses. It quickly becomes computer algorithms. They can't do it. They know they can't do it. That's the bottom line. Too here. tiny. But, too but, tiny compared well, to a bacteria, right? Well, you, yes, you can't. The reason you can't do it is because you can't separate out the virus. You have to, the viruses can't be cultured in isolation. You can't see them. So this idea of just getting genetic material is nonsense. That's how they're doing it. They're right. simply, it's all this computer algorithm using genetics. Before that, we couldn't do it. Now, I'll tell you the other part here. They, I looked at the guy who is the father of modern uh, virology. He's the John F. Enders. They claim that this guy, he won a Nobel Prize for a paper on how to do that, how to culture viruses. It turns out when you look at his history on the Nobel laureate site, they claim that then people in the military will love this. They claim that he left to Yale in 1917 to go fight World War I as a pilot in the Air Force with the rank of ensign. Now, number one, there was no Air Force in 1917. And number two, <laughs> ensigns are only in the Navy. So you see right. what I'm saying is yeah. this is a made up Wow. It's, it's, it's made up at a level you can't even believe. But but when you start personalizing it and you see the people involved here, you find out a web of, of uh, talk about disinformation. There really are disinformation agents. We call them the Inten intelligence services. In intentional, right. The intelligence yeah, services. Yeah, no, this is intentional. And, and I know that you've got, uh, you might want to tie it in here at this point, um, a lot of understanding of our intelligence ser services and their relationship to this hiding the parasite cause of disease. Uh, and let's talk about Frederick Gates and all right. that, the father of Bill oh, Gates. Yeah, yeah, that's that's kind of interesting because, you know, everybody seems to know John D. Rockefeller and how he took over medicine, but they don't really know the whole story because it turns out, I mean, it, and every time you go down these rabbit holes, it's a web of personalities with the same names that you see today, okay? So right. turns out that John D. was actually a, kind of a natural healer kind of guy. He liked homeopathy, for example. That's true. Mm, but it course. turns out that his right hand man uh, was John was uh, Frederick Gates. And Frederick Gates's oh. son, by the way, was the person that was a doctor from Johns Hopkins who took the vaccines down and started the pandemic of 1918. So there's, they're all related. But but Frederick Gates said, John D., you know, we should take over medicine and really, you know, you've got the money to start an institute. We could do research. We can standardize medicine and we could take on the real mm. problem of today. And it was parasites. It was hookworms specifically. So they knew back then this was a problem, that, that, that parasites in humans were a problem. And that's what the, uh, the, the reason was given for John D. Rockefeller to do what we blame him for now. I just think that's funny. That's, that's, that is very funny, right? Because they don't know, we don't have the whole story. So they were oh, they yeah. started out with good intention too. They knew it was parasites. Let's get rid of them. But then the whole financial greed took over and it was like, let's keep it quiet you know, we can treat them for a million things, let them spin their wheels on parasites. Or it's even more evil than that, which I believe. I believe this is a long-term, they they may have used that as an excuse back then, knowing that they were going to segue into something else, that they oh, couldn't boy. get where they wanted to with that, because we knew too much about parasites. You know, um, and I don't know if I have time to talk about it now, but the the yeah. the, the, the whole thing with the, the intelligence services, this was a big eye-opener yes. when I discovered this. You know, we always say, why can't we get things published? You've probably had this, you know, I, you have a great paper, but you can't get it published. Why didn't we hear the real truth about COVID, for example? Why didn't we call it? Anyway, what the turns out is in, after World War II, some famous British scientists like the, the grandson of John uh, of uh, Charles Gar Darwin, 
and others, Alexander Fleming, they went to the British government and they said, we need better scientific publishing. We were kind of blindsided in World War II with the Germans and everything. And the British government said, no problem, because they owned scientific publishing. Not only did the government own medical and scientific publishing, it was the MI6, the British spy agency. Mm. So then they joined, but it gets worse. They joined with, so they did what they said. They joined the British and the German publishing houses. They took Springer and they became the largest medical scientific publishing house in the world. Their first editor was Robert Maxwell. Who's mm. Robert Maxwell? Mm. He was in. He was a spy for the British. He was a Mossad agent and, and rumored to be a KGB agent. But more famously, he's the father of Ghislaine Maxwell, pedophile consult of pedophile Jeffrey Epstein, and and the Disney CEO uh, it named his son Robert Maxwell Iger. Mm. So because they're best buddies, so it's this club that we're not in. But right. here's the other thing: what did they call? And this is my point to the great evil: what did they call that publishing house? Well, they called it Pergamon. Now, that didn't ring a bell to me. I'm not a biblical scholar. But if you look in Revelation, Pergamon is named as the city of Satan. And Pergamon's famous because in the ancient world, um, BC ancient world, Pergamon had a famous altar. Mm. You know, altars are for sacrificing things, you know. And anyway, right. it was a huge altar. And it was in the area of Anatolia, which now is Turkey. And this altar was so famous, it's that that it was known as the altar of Pergamon. It was one of, it wasn't a wonder of the ancient world technically by today's standards, but it was there. And the Germans unearthed this altar, the friezes of this altar years later, and they took it to Germany and it's in a Berlin, it's reconstructed in Berlin today, or at least was. Yeah. Where, where it is, is it? In a, in a museum or where in is it? In a museum, theoretically. Oh. I mean, but, but it's creepy. The whole thing is creepy to reconstruct mm -hmm. this altar. Anyway, it's interesting. So, Pergamon, why would you choose that name for the biggest medical and scientific publishing house? You know, when you really look at this, it's so weird, this stuff. Yeah. You know, we, they tell us things like the virologists. These people claim that they, they called it coronavirus because it had the shape of a crown. That doesn't show up on EM. I was in an EM lab. That's not the that's way it made up, right? That yeah, whole that's thing. made up. But Coronas was the mother she was the she was the wife of apollo and she was the mother of esculapius which is the god of medicine but she was she was raped by apollo and murdered in the death in in, in, the, in the birth of her son i mean it's just you can't make okay, this up okay let me bring this so they back. knew what the names yeah. were yeah paganism let me, let me bring this back to what we're dealing with right now for another question because i'm sure you have a perspective on it then if the whole coronavirus because nobody's ever really seen it it was made up no how do we reconcile? We got a whole cottage industry on spike proteins. Right. And I've said to I people, know. if you can show me a machine that measures the pre and post treatment to, to right. identify spikes and then go, oh, we've got less spikes. I mean, you know, the standard, you know, empirical study. What are your thoughts on the? That's exactly right. What, what is this? I mean, if and, you look, and, and shedding, look, Dr. Merritt, I want you to talk yeah. about because Pfizer did say something's transferred. If it's transferred to someone of childbearing age, right. you need to report it as an SAE, a serious adverse event, which is the most escalated. And this was in the beginning when they had a study. So what is shedding if there's no coronavirus, no spike? Is it the passing of, is it a synthetic parasite that they right. gain a I'll function? Just, well, I'll just tell. So okay. it's funny because I will say something about the, the 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 spike. The one thing I keep keep telling my pathology friends is when I say, "How can you say that there are spike proteins?" Oh, we have stains. I said, "Where did you get the stains?" Of what? 
silence because they got the stains from the same people the stains that show this stuff pink on a, on a slide of dead tissue. it's just inflammation it's test you got a pcr test from yeah it's complete it, it, it's made up so that okay. can be easily made up no so we have to look at what we actually do know which they don't tell you what do we know we know that we can transmit disease electromagnetically okay we also know that there are toxins everywhere in the world and in latin the the term virus actually means poison or toxin poison, it does not I mean see. a germ I see. okay they use the old language so we know we can make people sick with electromagnetic radiation we know we can make them sick with toxins and we can combine the two and that's called optogenetics, optogenetics. so it turns out when you look at the people that are optogenetics and i and i'll cite the um travis scott concert okay what happened there, there's a perfect example of this trial run in my opinion I learned about optogenetics because I was following the trail of CRISPR because everybody wants to say this is all genetic manipulation or we're going to be gene modified and we're going to be non-human. For the audience, stuff. CRISPR is the the acronym for, or the acronym for the the technology that Insertion. is able, supposedly snips out your natural and replaces with a, a synthetic genetic code, right. whatever. Okay, you take it away. Right. Just wanted them to and understand. And so the person that's the, that's considered the father of CRISPR is a guy named Feng Zhang at the Zhang lab at MIT, named for him. I mean, he's the head of the lab. Young guy. And he says, though, when I went to research him, I went to the MIT lab site, and it says, his quote is, essentially to the effect, well, you know, when they talk about precise gene insertion, we really can't do that. What we can do is gene knockdown which just means you can get rid of stuff, kind of blunt hammer, knock down, mm. which you can't really do the precise gene insertion that they're telling you on the X-Files and all the, the, the voodoo about this stuff. So then I said, well, that's kind of odd. Now, if he's saying that, who is Feng Zhang? And, and I've learned from friends, look at his PhD. Well, his PhD was in a specially called optogenetics. And what they can do in optogenetics, and here's just an example, they could take mice and they can insert an opsin. These opsins are chemicals that respond to light. And then they can blast them with a particular wavelength and they can change their brain function and they can give them cardiac arrhythmias. They can actually map the heart with this stuff. It's so precise. They can cause arrhythmias all over the heart very precisely and precise changes in brain function. Every article you read about this tells you how, how precise this, this technology is. What, what is an opsin? What, What's an opsin? So an opsin is a, is a chemical like that, that responds to light waves. Okay. So let's, you have opsins in your eye. Rhodopsin helps you see colors and, and, and light. Okay. Ah, okay. So, so let's just see what happened at the, remember the Travis Scott concert where those people dropped? Sure. Okay. So what was the deal there? Number one, everybody had to be vaccinated to go. And after they got vaccinated, they walked through a tunnel where there was all this strobe lights. And then they got into the concert. There's all these wavelengths, these sounds. And what happened? About 15 people just dropped. Now, they, this was not a crush scene. Those don't happen this way. I really looked into this. These people dropped. Then it became a crush scene when they're trying to do CPR on all these people. It was almost at once. So one guy was alive after this. There weren't that many survivors. But the one guy that what I was able to find, he said, it felt like my heart stopped. And I'm just saying, this would be an optogenetic moment. Sure. We've seen it in South Korea. We've seen it in Australia. We've seen it in Israel. We've seen it all over the world now. China, um, if you saw those pictures of these these women sitting there, I saw a woman at a, at a table and she's looking at her phone and suddenly there's a flash and she falls over. Oh. Now, hmm. oh, 
is there something wrong with the story that we're beginning about everything? We're not being told what's in the vaccine. We're not being told we don't. The, it can't happen the way they're telling you. And now we are now there's a whole science out there to deal with wavelength and options. And I think that we should be paying attention to this and parasites. What's the deal with parasites? Parasites are a stealth killer. That yes, they they're are. just telling us not to look for that. We have. Wow. They, they trained us in the 1980s. When I was a medical student from 76 to 80, I was trained at the University of Rochester that you're not a good doctor if you don't look at your own patient's blood sample, fresh blood sample, and their urine. What do they tell you now about people that look at fresh blood samples? Oh, that's crazy. They're quacks. You don't do that. They're quacks. They're quacks. Right. We, we share that alma mater, by the way. I don't know if you remember that, but... Oh, I, um... that is true. Yes, yes. <laughs> we no, do. My, my, you, my, they, do they, they train you well. My master's they, and they... my doctorate. Yep. But but they're very much in a paradigm. Um, Dr. Merritt, we're, we're yeah. going to need to take a break, but um, gosh, we could talk to you for hours, but I know you don't have hours. When we come back, I want to ask you about what we can do about this in the most practical way that because i'm trying to bring solutions to people right. i want to talk to you about since you are a former military or military um and, and you certainly know the world of military intelligence that about operation warp speed as an ongoing situation um and uh and just just so much more in your take on disease x and what they're trying to pull with that so just let's hang on to that uh, so you just stay with me. I'll be right back after just a couple of really important words. You don't want to miss Dr. Uh, Merritt's answers to these, these topics. Be right back. Looks like you've been sleeping well. Megan, he's back. The my pillow guy. And you're looking good. I'm still feeling good. Well, just when you thought it couldn't get any better, we've got the best pillow ever. My pillow 2.0. <gasps> When I invented my pillow, it had everything you'd ever want in a pillow. Well, now there's new technology that makes it even better. My Pillow 2.0 has my patented fill combined with a cooling fabric with temperature regulating thread. My Pillow 2.0 is truly the next generation of my pillow. Now's the time to go to mypillow.com or call the number on your screen. Use the promo code to save 50% on your MyPillow 2.0. You're sleeping even better. And cooler, too. And you're looking good. Feeling good. I knew you would. MyPillow.com. Hi, everyone. Dr. Jane Ruby here with a quick message on how you should be protecting your retirement funds, your 401k, your IRAs. Did you know that you can protect them with physical gold and silver to avoid losing everything that you've built over your lifetime? Please call the experts at Augusta Precious Metals at 888-836-1890. At least talk to an expert, learn more about how you can protect what you've built up so that if things go crazy, as we know they will in this economy, you've got some of your investments protected with tangible physical gold and silver. Every bit as valuable as real estate, something you can touch, they can't turn off, you know, with a flick of a switch. Call the people at Augusta Precious Metals. They're wonderful. They will educate you on what this is all about and what you need to do. And they will also provide you with some warnings about how to protect yourself from other companies that may be spreading lies and scamming you. That's Augusta Precious Metals at 888-836-1890. Welcome back to the second segment of 
the Dr. Jane Ruby show tonight. We have Dr. Lee Merritt. Uh, Dr. Merritt, you just teach me so much and I'm sure you teach the audience so much every time you're here. So when we went to break, I'm going to let you run with this because um, I want to ask you um, about Operation Warp Speed. I want people to understand from your perspective that it's an ongoing program right now. Um, this is not over with the COVID thing. Everybody thinks that that pandemic is gone. Also want yeah. you... Yes, go go ahead. I'll, I'll like pandemic I'll, X. I mean, you know, pandemic X. X is What's your coming? Perfect example. Yeah. No, it's your perfect example of a world controlled by narrative projection. Okay. There's no. They admit they don't even have a germ. Right. How can you make a vaccine when you don't have a germ? How can you predict that it's going to start on this day and it's going to have this many victims? And again. So I tell people to, first of all, let's realize the people we're dealing with, they're not as tough and as strong as we think they are. Mm. They would just take us out. This is, if you think about it, they're, and I don't know, you, I'm sure you've heard James Giordano talking about how yes. the fact is, if you want to take down a country, you don't need a disease. Right. The virus is my, my words on the the internet i can make my i can i can make people afraid i can pick people out uh in sentinel like pick a few people out in chicago and a few people out in new york i can make them sick you know contact poisons mm. we're very good at i can make them sick with radiation i can make it something look like a disease right and then i can start talking on the internet about how oh these people are going to have you know this is the symptoms you can feel you know you're sick to your stomach and you and you you're you're you know you're you can't eat and but you know you can give them all this and you all these psychologic symptoms and suddenly you've mobilized the 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 worried well people that are not really sick now they flood the emergency rooms they go into their doctor's offices they go, and that is how you can start a pandemic that doesn't even have to have a disease wow. i mean he goes through this in detail to military audiences but then he goes into the how you can also spread it with electromagnetic radiation so i'm telling you that we are looking in the wrong direction. They're like the magicians that they always want to wave their hands here about these, these viruses. You know, it's a psyop when you see pictures like that, that blue ball that they kept showing for SARS-CoV-2. Yeah. I said, that's that's not anything. It's a CGI <laughs> image. That's as real as it NASA's is. landing on the moon. I mean, this is just a because they know that these images of that spiky looking scary thing catch your attention. Yes. So I think a lot of this is pan, is pandemic. You know, they're making us afraid of, look, they came out and they said, oh, there's a case of leprosy somewhere. Right. Oh, Which oh, isn't even contagious and, treat, and it's treatable, but whatever. Yeah, that's right. That's yeah. right. All these things are treatable and they, you know, this is nothing new. So they're telling us they're using the news. Let's face it. Not only does the intelligence services own the, own the, British or own all of medical scientific publishing for the most part. They own all the news services. Yeah. Okay, I hope everybody owned by the same people. I hope everybody just heard what you said. You said the intelligence services, which by the way is a global they're all they're all working together. It's not just ours. Yeah. They're all together, is in control of the science medical and scientific world, publishing. I would say, but also publishing. This is very important for the public to understand, Dr. Merritt. When we ended the first segment, did, would you agree that we came to the, or you were explaining that there is no spike protein. It's part of the it's coronavirus. Say again. It's not been proven. They I can't agree. show wow. it to you. I can show you a bacterium. There's a lot. show you this. Dr. Merritt, there's a lot of business being run right now. <laughs> I know. I on know. A, but on the I basis know. of a spike protein that doesn't even exist. That's part of the. I know I'm with you. I keep saying I can't. I'm not going to listen to people talk about a spike protein until you prove it to me it exists. And, and we're dealing with fairyland here. 
Fairyland. Uh, and, and I was part of the educators, you know, from Simone Gold four years ago on the steps of the Supreme Court. It's this, it's antibody dependent, and but it's so much more, it's so much right. more than we know in those in those well, injections. Right. And the difference is you and I have, I mean, I used to believe in viruses, but we've we are willing to accept that we We've been lied to and now we're thinking differently mm. we're demanding proof we're not you know i'm an orthopedic surgeon i'm not a virologist i didn't study this stuff in the way that we thought virologists were doing it but it turns out how do you lie to all these virologists well you you give them a convincing worldview you know mm. i don't know if you've seen the truman show but that's what they you know when truman is in this totally artificial reality and they and and he's and he's you know, he believes, even though everybody around him is an actor, even his wife and the people in the control room say, how did, why doesn't he catch on? Why doesn't he realize after 30 years, he's in a reality TV show. And Ed Harris, who's the director says, it's simple. He's you, we accept the reality that we're given. Mm. So we grew up in a world where we believed in viruses, where we were told all this stuff. Mm -hmm. And it's very hard. You know, it takes a special kind of crazy to kind of say, wait a minute, does this actually even exist? And that's why I've kind of gone down the people train, because when you realize that the people they've lied, they've made up people. Here's the one. You, I know it's a little off the subject, but did you know that paper, the, the seminal paper, the paper that was published by the Chinese that gave us theoretically the genome of SARS-CoV-2. Mm -hmm. This genome is what was used to make all the vaccines that we that we vaccinated our entire security infrastructure of America with. And, 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 and it was a facsimile or a version of a facsimile of a, an example. I mean, it was- it Right, was, it was right? one guy, again, you can't, they couldn't have isolated it. It's all genetic made up. But mm. what they did was, the point is when you read the paper, mm -hmm. I tried to look it up all the authors because there's 30 authors and they're all Chinese. And you know, in, a, in now today, in today's technology on computers, you can put your wand over the, put your cursor over a, a, an author's name and it, it tells you where he's from. Oh, he's from University of uh, Arizona and did this. He's in the department of such and such, whatever. When you do that on that paper of those, let's say they're, they're roughly 30 people, the first 29, you can't find them. They don't show oh. up where they say, their names don't sh show up where they say they work, okay? Wow. The only person that showed that I can identify on that paper is the last author. And guess what that is? And I forget her Chinese name, but it's like Xi Xing Li or Xi. It's the bat lady of Wuhan lab. Wow. So it was all contrived, contrived. It's all contrived. It's wow. projection of narrative. And so that's the world we're looking. So don't, I tell people, do not worry about pandemic X, okay? Do worry that they're poisoning you, mm. that they are irradiating you. Mm. This is a matter, what we live in is a world of parasites, of poisons and electromagnetic damage to us. Uh, on that note, how do you incorporate or rationalize or reconcile or disagree with um, the venom theory. And we've all kind of, there's some, there's evidence. Okay, so what's your take on that? Because I, yeah. I your angle is really important. I've thought a lot about this and I've talked to those guys extensively. Okay. So it does not have to be snake venom. I, I know from clinical, my friends in the emergency room and everything else, that one of the things this thing did, whatever we want to call the, the people that really got sick during this COVID, and let's just keep in mind that but in 2020, the death rate overall in the world was not up from what right. it normally is. It was normal. Okay. So we're not really talking about a pandemic, but they made a colorful death of, of some people. There, I'm no, no question that some people died from this and it was man-made. Now, 
but it was an insignificant number. It was just colorful so that they could get it in the press and scare us all. How did they do that? One of whatever it was, it it blocked this ACE2 pathway. And people that would get really sick, they would lose their fluid. They couldn't keep their fluid in, their blood pressure would drop. And those were the people that really went down fast with this. There were other symptoms, but that was one of them okay. that told us part of how it was binding to these these ACE2, this ACE2 receptor and these nicotinic receptors. That's why smokers didn't go down with this. So when it comes to venom, what I I you know, and I like I say, I, I Brian R's is a good friend of mine speaking about venoms because venom i get it that they did all the research using snake venoms they've right. done that for years and we knew they were doing it because that's on basis of some of the pharmaceutical drugs people that have high Correct. blood pressure take blood pressure drug that was made after researching snake venoms on these nicotinic receptors right so it was however, not implausible however it was not but, implausible however but what's the real point here is you know that uh, this may have been the excuse for using all this research but the point is that what we're called this is when chemistry what you would call a ligand and to be pure here instead of talking about venoms and snakes and poisons it's really what we should say is or we should talk about poisons this toxin was a ligand that bound with these nicotinic receptors okay. a ligand is simply a chemical that binds in a pathway that does things so insulin is a ligand that binds into our insulin receptors and we know the effect so although we don't know exactly what this was, what we do know is the effect of it. We see some, now we're learning that this is certain, they had certain effects of it and they could see this happening in patients. And I think if we think of it that way, then we can understand by utilizing snake venom as a basis, yep. they can create these artificial chemicals. You don't need a spike protein. You can, you can, it, it could be genetic hydrogel. It could be all sorts of what we are very expert on is bio the history of bioweapons in, in our country, the Russians, everybody, the Soviets, I should say. Wow. They gave up on this aerosolized, trying to make Ebola, you know, aerosolizable and all that kind of stuff. They 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 really had gone in the latter decades to insect-borne insect-borne diseases and contact poisons, toxins, mm. poisons in our environment. Look, they don't they don't need a virus to make us sick. They're fluoridating our water. They're using glyphosate in our soil, which I just had a big discussion with an expert on, does not go away. It's, Roundup, right, it's it's permanent. Or it goes into your aquifer if it does get out, it's, it's horrible. So we've been poisoned in all sorts of ways that and, will affect us and future yeah, generations. And, and you, I'm sure don't you'll agree. Virus. They're not going to hit us with just one thing or one way. So it could be the ligands right. from, you no. know, snake venom and at the same time and, and these gain. OK, um, what I want to spend the, the remaining time with you with precious time. So what do we do? Yeah. Is, is you know, what are your th what do you do to protect yourself? Uh, I mean, people are fascinated with what all right. of us do. What do, we do. What's your hope for the future? Um, I like the fact that you said they're not as smart and uh, as we think they are, because they would have taken us all out by now. Um, but but let's get back yeah. to now that you've you've done such a great job over and over laying out what these possibilities are, and it's a combination of things. What do you do? What can we do? What's most pri what's the priority? Because we can't do a thousand things. All that. Right. Well, number number one, we're in a spiritual war. So I will make the note that mm. we have to start with spiritual wellness. If you if you don't have something bigger, if you don't believe in a in a in something bigger than yourself, I can't get you out of this. Okay, so that's number one. Um, but number two, be, and there and it's important by the way, also because the enemy that we're dealing with here that has brought us all this, they have a creepy belief system that you have to. Um, 
You have to agree to what they're doing to you. Now, they can tell it to you in a creepy way, but you have to agree. So, the, so one of the most powerful things we can do is to just say no. You know, and I, I had a friend in the military that was very afraid that they were they, they didn't want to take the vaccine and they weren't going to take the vaccine. But they were afraid that one day the, the medics were just going to come in and tie them down and force them to be jabbed. And I said, that will never happen. You see, because hmm. the whole point here is it has to be voluntary. You have to say yes. You've seen to their evil and now you get what they give you okay so don't accede to any of this stuff no don't don't ever say yes so number two is i think uh we have to protect ourselves from well it's easy to do a, i think toxins are the first thing we have to we have improved my my focus is let's improve ourselves our immune system and make ourselves as healthy as possible so we can withstand I things agree. while we take down the, the the political economic financial system that's keeping us as debt slaves that's what we got to be doing yes so how do we do that well, you got to eat clean. You've got to you you've got to um, you know have a reason for being. And then what you have to do is detoxify. Number I should say number one, you got to nutritionally support yourself. We don't have all the stuff in the soil anymore. There are ninety essential nutrients everybody needs. I really believe in the 90 essential nutrients, the uh, the whole idea of you have to have a balanced supplement. You can't just take a few pills and think you're going to you're going to do it. You, right. uh, this is why women's hair fell out during covid. They, they didn't eat for a couple of weeks. They got sick. And if had their tank been filled with nutrients, they wouldn't mm. have lost their hair. But the reason that you you lose your hair is because your tank wasn't full. It's like you're taking your nice Porsche out, but you only have 10 gallons of gas in it and you're not going to get very far. So you have to fill up your tank with nutrients. So when something happens, if you do get sick or in the hospital with trauma, you're going to get through it, right? So right. that's number one. Fortify yourself. Fortify, fortify yourself. Fortify yourself. Let Good nature do the yourself. best it can do. Okay. Absolutely. Detoxify yourself. Now, detoxification doesn't work if you keep poisoning yourself. So there's certain toxic <laughs> foods. Right. Wheat, wheat being the absolute worst. I mean, I'm gluten-free. I eat a low-carb, gluten-free diet. And I... And telling you wheat is probably made from wheat the grains are probably the most toxic foods you can eat because they're filled with glyphosate they're filled with bromine they're bromine after world war ii when the germans came over they took out iodine which is the good halide and they mm. gave us bromine in our wheat great so there's that's a toxic food so we need to do that locally shop for your food now how do you get the rest of the toxins out here's what really makes you and, sick and, and the parasites really and, and the parasites can we right, work on minimizing we're going to do that too okay that's the other thing okay. but but toxins because this there's a universal problem and this is when do you get sick in the winter what is flu if there's no virus what is flu and it's an imbalance of the toxins in your body and your ability to get them out so as you get more and more toxic you get sick now here's what happens there's a couple ways you take out the toxins you have to have an immune system but you also have to have infrared light this is why in the summer people don't get the flu. They are, you know, mm. they're they're out in the sun. That we were lied to about this. We were told we're not plants. We don't get direct energy from the sun. But this comes from the work of Dr. Pollock at the University of Washington. The way you get toxins out of the body is charge separation. Every cell in your body is a little battery, and if you don't charge it up with infrared light, the battery runs down and can't gets the toxins out. Can't push the poisons out. So so. Are you saying are you saying that people cannot spread, you know, respiratory Oops. illnesses and that's I am saying that absolutely. There is no proof of that. Wow. And that's not and I have a and people want to convince themselves they should go to my website and at the medicalrebel.com on the front page. I have my deep research I did over a year on the pandemic that wasn't wasn't of 1918. 
It's the same game plan then as now. And the answer is why do old people die in the winter? Because they don't go out much in the summer. Their batteries are pretty low. Mm-hmm. That then you toxify yourself because the winter comes. We don't live by the sun cycle. We eat bad food in the winter. We drink too much at Christmas and the New Year's and all that. And then uh, you don't have a way of getting all these toxins out. And the people that are most toxic die. You know, mm-hmm. that's why young people can get through it because you're kind of resilient. But we all need some infrared light in the summer, in the winter. So, so that's number so one. How do you do How do people, is that like get a light infrared box? Sauna, infrared sauna is these, you know, I got an actually an infrared light sitting here right by my podcast. And when I'm not podcasting, I turn it on and I can just bathe myself in it. You can buy these infrared bulbs. You can put them in a, like a chicken, chicken coop uh, light device and just clamp it onto your desk and bathe I like yourself that. in do it. I, do I need so that if I live in and, Florida? And, you know, I live in Florida. So I'm in the sun no, a lot. See, that's you guys in Florida, you don't have the number of deaths of flu down there. Notice that? Right. And everybody feels better. Those of us in Iowa, I was when I lived in Arizona, we were flooded with my countrymen from Iowa to come down in the winter because you uh, know they feel better when they get that sun. So yeah. that, that's a big okay. Chlorine dioxide, which I'll mention, now yep. I'm not going to tell anybody to use it because I don't want to go to jail. That's but right. they really don't like us talking about chlorine dioxide. They but don't. I've got a thing how to I've got a thing how to make it, how to use it. And I use it every day. And that is the universal antidote. It gets rid of toxins. Now, if you do it, and and what we think of as diarrhea as a disease, diarrhea is a response to toxins. So what will happen is when you first start this, you might notice loose stools, you might have a little diarrhea. That just means you're real toxic. That's not a, that's not the medicine doing it. That's not the chlorine dioxide. That's your body getting Mm. rid of toxins. And then you'll find out as you go along that you don't have that so much. And then, and then there's parasites, yeah. parasites you got to get rid of. And, and there's multiple programs for doing it. I, you know, I'm not throwing the pharmaceutical companies products completely away. I think there's some good medicines, but they don't want us to get at them like ivermectin, fenbendazole, nitazoxanide. There's, there's a bunch of these um, hydroxychloroquine was one, you know, right. if you had to, if you had to pick two, I like the fenbendazole, which you can get at the animal store and you can get, and then you can get overseas, you can get ivermectin and you can use that to treat your own parasites. And, and unfortunately Dr. Mary, doctors don't know how. Yeah. I know you're not giving a prescription and you're not, you know, right. giving the this audience, not, but when do you, if you were going to use that um, for your parasitic, right. you know, removal, would you do it periodically then? Like, doc, you well, know, Dr. Right. Stella so says, I tell yeah. everybody. Sunday, Sunday, you know, what I tell everybody what I do myself is I started with three days on five days off, whatever drug you take to start three days on five days off. And, um, and I've got a protocol on my website that people that what I did and you can. And the website is the medicalrebel.com. I just want people to, it's right up there. So I don't even have to throw it on the screen. (laughs) The medicalrebel.com. Okay. And I'm sorry, I didn't want to. So I just, I do three days on, five days off, three days on, five days off for a couple months. And then you might try to go to three days on, seven days off. And then you could go to three days on, 10 days off. And maybe you can even get down to once a month treatment. Now, if you get down to once a month, you want to do it on the full moon, because believe it or not, that's when parasites hatch out. I know it sounds crazy, but parasites, you, you know, why do we get sugar cravings and we get in the second half of the woman's cycle which happens to be after the full moon and remember that whole thing about being a lunatic because when the full moon comes out it's it's on this sounds incredible but your parasites make you think differently That's about gross. what you're going to eat they give they, they love carbohydrates okay Ooh. so they 
they give you these cravings. And I tested this myself. When I got sugar cravings one time, I just took an ivermectin, couple tuple ivermectin, boom, gone. I thought, and that would have been going on for long. So anyway, so you get rid of your parasites. And then the 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 one the, the the thing you have to worry about is if you go, if you start treating your parasites and then you just decide you're going to stop, you treat it for a month or so, and then you stop, be aware that what you've done is you've killed all the mother worms, the mother parasites, and now the babies are going to hatch out because they keep the babies from hatching out. The mother puts out a hormone or a something, a chemical that keeps the babies from hatching out because they don't want to, you know, they don't want to have be overrun themselves, I guess. It's a it's a self-protective mechanism. I know it sounds crazy. It's so gross. But this is what the really It's so gross. So, so I in order to believe how many in, in order to, me to show me their In order stuff. to avoid that, <laughs> what do we do? You can't just stop. Once you st if you decide to take ivermectin, for example, okay. and this is a problem. If you take if you take an antiparasitic drug for whatever reason, and then you suddenly stop, you may suddenly have a problem because you start getting all these parasites. And then when you treat yourself, so let's say I I did it once, and then I decided, oh, I don't know about that. And then thirty days later, you decide, well, okay, I should do it again. And then you do it again thirty days later. And you get this incredible, uh, like sneezy nose and wheezing nose and all that. Well, what's happened is this. You treat the parasites at first time. You kill the mother parasites. Now all these babies have hatched out and you've got a huge parasite load. So when you wait too long and you oh get more and more hatching out and you treat them again, now you've killed all these parasites. Now you get a huge die off and you get a histamine release. You get what they call a Herxheimer reaction. Now, you know, we we kind of are a little young to have missed, even at 71, I kind of missed the big syphilis age where people saw this all the time, but it was a common treatment. When you treated syphilitics with penicillin, they had so many of these uh, syphilitic organisms swimming around that they died all at once and they would get this exact thing. And a guy named Herxheimer named it. So it's called a Herxheimer reaction. And that's what, when you get a flu-like sometimes illness, you get, but, but it starts with watery eyes, itchy, watery eyes, sneezing, like you've got the worst cold of your life. Your nose will get stuffed up. And I have a video on my Rumble site called the Holiday Herxheimer because I did exactly this and it's no fun. Wow. I, uh, I went too long on holiday and forgot to take my meds. And when we got back, both my husband and I had the same thing. And it's easy to think, this is why people think, oh, it must be a virus. We both got sick from traveling. No, right. we were just too late doing it. Okay, so <laughs> you're so we then, go ahead. I I don't, I don't want to miss anything else. Well, I was going to say, and finally, I would say electromagnetic frequency mitigation. Now mitigation. that's a big problem, okay. and I tell you, if there's a, if there's a war against us, that is the war, yeah. and we need to be aware of the fact that we can't survive much more of this. This this is this five G. You know, you know this. Uh, we just saw this well, cruise that was, ship. It that was, was a, my my next question. Go go ahead. Yeah, on the five G. Yeah, this Cunard line. Yeah, the Cunard line, they they put they said there was a Norwalk or a, a norovirus that broke out. 150 people sick on this cruise ship. And then they had to button everything down and do their their virus protocol. But really, when you look back, uh, it turns out that that was they had just installed this Starlink Wi-Fi, big Wi-Fi system on the ship. And so they were blasting people with increased levels of radiation, of mm. cellular radiation. And every time we've gotten a pandemic in the world that we claim is a flu pandemic, for example, H1N1, all this kind of, it's when there's been a bump in our cellular use. Like suddenly we had cell phones. That was one of them. Then we went to a new level of cellular radiation. Then that was another one. You know, we get these para, that's when these things happen. So, so people get yeah. sick when they suddenly go into a, a different level of, of cellular 
Wi-Fi. Yeah. And so to the, in the spirit of what you said in the first segment about, hey, you know, we shouldn't live in fear. We're still going to enjoy life and do right. the things we want to do. So in order to, to go on a vacation or maybe it's a cruise, I don't know, whatever it is, do you prophylactically take, you know, some of that stuff, either your ivermectin or your chlorine dioxide or what, what should, you know, what do you, what should your right. family? Well, number one, about? the best situation for that. Yeah, the rest, the best situation for that is have your parasites gone by the time before you go. Okay, <laughs> get true. yourself down to a maintenance level. So you're only okay. needing a couple times a month treatment at the most. Number okay. two, make sure you're taking the chlorine dioxide regularly, and so you've also gotten your toxins. In other words, start with the lowest toxicity you could start with. That's okay. number one. Sure. And then number two is I use I personally use EMF sol as a mitigation device. I mean. It's not perfect and it has to, we, they have to change their, they have to keep up with the bad guys by keeping to change their technology, but they have bioassays that it works. In other words, there's multiple ways that electromagnetic frequencies hit you and damage you. And I, 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 uh, I think I have a learning for you channel on Sherry Tenpenny's thing where I do a, a, a lecture just on that. I've really looked at that Great stuff. and it's multiple ways it does it, okay. but that's what you got to do. So mitigate the mitigate it. And I've got, you know, if, this is why they don't want us to wear tin, no, joke about the tinfoil hats. They know about it. DARPA yeah. knows about it. They've got the equipment of a tinfoil hat. They do. They want to it's discourage crazy. us. Um, such a wealth yeah. of knowledge. And thank you for, you know, spending so much time sharing with us what we can do because it just gives everybody hope, gives them control over their lives. And this this is what we want. I want to make sure people know where to find you, Dr. Merritt. It's the rebel, the medicalrebel.com for your website, which is a wealth of information. I can't begin to tell you. Uh, your Rumble channel is just, is it just Dr. Lee Merritt? The Medical Rumble? Rebel. Oh, me, the Medical Rebel. The, the Medical Rebel. Okay. Yeah, it should, it should, ironically, it shows a DNA fragment up there. <laughs> there you're right. You're on the that's, right one. That's okay. You're yeah. messing with the powers that, that be, you know. Yeah, uh, that's right. Okay. <laughs> and, and anywhere else people can um, either support you or find you? Well, I'm on Telegram. Telegram. Okay. Freedom. Telegram is where I put things that I just think people should consider. Not saying they're all true, but I just... I'm kind of painting a picture of what I think is going on in the world on Telegram, and you can join me along. It's kind of interesting, kind That's of fun. That's awesome. I'm, and but there are a lot of uh, imposters. Um, Azure is like a certain following number, so people know it's you. Right. Well, it's about nineteen thousand, eighteen thousand, okay. nineteen thousand okay. followers. But it's also a, everywhere I go, I have a plague mask. <laughs> the doctor, in, <laughs> it's a black plague mask. You know those big spout things. If you don't see that, it's not me. Okay. <laughs> Good to know. That's. Good to know. Well, God bless. Yeah. Thank you for everything you do, Dr. Merritt. And thanks again for being with me. It's such a great honor and a great education too. Yeah. Well, thanks for having me. You bet. Fun. You're the best. Take care. See ya. Take care. Bye-bye. Um, thanks for being with me tonight. This has just been an incredible blockbuster show with Dr. Lee Merritt. Uh, I'll see you tomorrow morning for Coffee Chat. Thanks again for being with me tonight. Medical disclaimer, the Dr. Jane Ruby Show does not provide medical advice. The information, including but not limited to, texts, graphics, images, and other material contained on this show are for informational purposes only and does not establish any kind of patient-client relationship by your viewing or attempt to communicate with Dr. Jane Ruby.
No material presented on the show is intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health care provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment before undertaking a new health care regimen. And never disregard professional medical advice or delay in seeking it because of something you have seen on the show. Thank you for watching.